Hey folks, sorry about last week. This is episode 13 of The Sopranos, but, spoiler alert, it's not episode 13 of season one. (laughs) (laughs) We made a slight mistake. We eventually, and you'll hear this, we eventually figure out as we're running through a plot synopsis of the episode to kind of put a nice bow on the end of uh, The Sopranos that what we're reading is not quite lining up with what we're looking at. And then we have a bit of an argument over uh, over the uh, what happens to a pussy. Si- yeah, situational. And we both swear that the other is wrong. We both come to find out that neither of us is wrong, but neither of us is right, right yeah. because we're not on the right episode at all. Yeah. but Which is actually a good indicator that this was the right move <laughs> to, to venture away. But this was a good episode. That's I enjoyed good laughs. it. Yeah. The, uh, the BAM does a pretty good job. I think that's the best <laughs> intro we've ever done. I think just in two or three minutes, you're gonna just love it. But it's a it's a solid episode. I'm happy to say that we are we're we're past the Sopranos. Who knows what happens next? That's where I think it gets fun. I think that we finding out we got our first emails was exciting. Yep. I think that if you have something you want us to watch and to basically t- TPTO hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag TPTO. Send your emails to tptopod at gmail.com. Please like, subscribe, rate, And review. now you've been incentivized to share, but that's a little bit of a... Uh, yeah, stay tuned to the very spoiler end. Spoiler alert. Stay tuned to the very end. We've, we've incentivized sharing a bit. We'll get more detailed with that once we work out the, also, the details. Also, our Australian listener, just hang on, buddy. <laughs> we You'll hear more about that later, too, but... Good day, mate. Hang on there. Now's a good time to warn everybody. There might be a fair bit of uh, background noise. You got a house full of of people here in the studio. And we had a pretty severe lightning strike, which I want to hear. I actually want to hear how that sounded when we we record this pod. I I thought that the lightning was in the house. I I checked my body parts. (laughs) I, do. I did poop myself, but I'm saying it wasn't why I checked. I, yeah. No, I, uh. I peed and pooed a little. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is a good episode. We covered all kinds of ground. We uh, we cast Floyd. We did and, cast uh, Floyd. Andy Griffith's porno parody. God told us to stop talking about chocolate tasking. That's true. We covered uh, season two, episode 13 of The Sopranos. <laughs> we wrapped. Yeah. Instead of season one, episode 13. But we didn't realize it till we were a solid 20 minutes in. And at that point, you just got to let it play out. Yep. Uh, but this is a good one to go out on. Stay tuned for next week. It's, it's going to uh, get interesting now. It's it's anybody's ball game it's, at this point. It's a wild card, baby, like Charlie Day. We uh, appreciate everybody who's listening. Uh, we talk about this in the very beginning. We're fairly certain there are 61 of you out there now, which is pretty uh, awesome. Uh, keep sharing. Keep listening. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So, uh, so, that's, uh, so that's the thing. That's it. Thanks. That's the opposite of, uh, the golden voice in the laugh, man. <laughs> Anyways, WFUC. <laughs> fucked it up. WFUCK. We should do like the an NPR. Uh, welcome to WFUCK. The BAM. The BAM. Here on uh, here is 97.5 with the Golden Boys and the Laugh Man. <laughs> and Lois writes us. Probably can't use that. 
Dear the band, I am an 18-year-old college student desperately wondering how to go about meeting women. I have two penises, and I am... One is abnormally smaller than the other, so... Unfortunately, it's the only one of the two that actually... I feel yeah, like it's all for show. I feel like I'm going to let down whoever sees me the first time. Please advise. This is Casey Kasem. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, this Casey. is Casey Kasem. Welcome to Casey Kasem. We can top forty. <laughs> no, it's been great, and uh, that's it. We'll all wrap right. up the Sopranos and WFCK. The Bam. We'll Holla. see you next week for episode fourteen. We don't even know. Who knows? <laughs> we might even just skip it. <laughs> We'll just come to 15. We'll take a vacation. <laughs> Season one is over. We're taking a vacation. Holla! W-F-U-C-K! Bam! Folks, you're here with the golden voice and the laugh man! <laughs> On 97.5. Hey, folks, we got Pablo's Party Bus coming up this weekend. We're going to be down there all weekend, downtown Atlanta. Come find the Laugh Man, give him the phrase that pays, and win cash. Hey, Laugh Man, you going to be drinking this weekend? <laughs> hey, that's what I like to hear. Folks, it's Thursday, Thursday, Laugh Man. You set for drinks? <laughs> All right, then. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Sports at 12. Until then, here's Static X. <laughs> It's <laughs> uh, too early, man. Lead out. That was uh, good. <laughs> I feel tired. <laughs> Pablo's party bus. <laughs> Fellas, get your girls on the party bus. Mustache rides are free. Get the girls on the party bus. You know, if you give them a drink in the streets, they'll be a freak in the streets. <laughs> 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 Laugh man, you're gonna be doing some drinking this weekend. <laughs> hey! All right, that's what I like to hear. Oh, God. Give okay. them the phrase that pays. Oh. We <laughs> ate some jambalaya before this. I got a feeling. Woof. 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 It was good, though. Yeah, so we're, this is it. The finale. This is where we, we pivot after this episode. We're pivoting, but this is episode 13 of The Sopranos season one. Entitled Funhouse. The big, it's the big finish. I like this one because it's when you see the feds uh, play the tape they have of Junior and so Junior and Olivia. Mm-hmm. Junior and Olivia conspiring to kill him, and like he he gives them nothing. Doesn't even but give him a reaction. But he presses play after they pause it on him. He wants to hear the rest. Yeah. He's not interested in hearing their take. Yeah. He just casually presses the play button <laughs> so he can finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. I, I like that they're trying to, you know, get him to spin or, or something, and he's just like, nah, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm a criminal at heart. I just want to hear the rest of this. <laughs> Thank you and good day. Yeah, it's a good one. I have, uh, I have some scheming to do, captains to kill, a mother to, uh, you can't disown a mother. What can you do? Yeah, you can. We've got a fairly good history in this. <laughs> okay, that's true. But I always thought like a parent could disown a child 
a child can't disown a parent. Yeah, they can. That one kid divorced his parents. Macaulay Culkin? Was that? Well, well, <laughs> did he? He, uh, well, yeah, because he was very wealthy. I thought he just put an injunction on his money. I didn't know he actually divorced his... I don't know what he did, but I know that his, his dad was a bit of a shithead. And at some at a certain age, he was like, uh, this is my money. Mm-hmm. You don't get to spend it anymore. Yeah. Because his dad was like a failed actor, like mm. repeated failed actor. And then he had like this crop of, you know, a dozen kids. And three of them were very successful like Macaulay, and then the uh, the one that played Fuller, who wets the bed. Oh yeah, and, and the other Culkin, that guy. Can you imagine what? Oh, can you imagine the other Culkin. <laughs> well, then there's a third one who's. Oh my, it's worse. He's a fair bit younger, but he was in that Scream remake they did, Scream Four, a couple of years ago. Not a remake if it's like the fourth it's, installment. Yeah, well, it was you know. It was, I don't want to be technical with my Scream. Yeah, I get it. Everybody, everybody warms over old shit at some point. It's like, hey, Scream was a big hit. You know, let's, speak, let's speaking do a which, Scream Four. Speaking of which, did you have you seen that they're. Re, excuse me, making another Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis? Yes. And it's essentially, they're not, it's not like it's a, a new installment. It's like they're doing the same. You know who's doing it is Danny McBride. Eastbound and down, Danny he's, McBride. He's Michael Myers? No, he's the writer. Oh. The writer and director. And they're taking, it's not a comedy. <clears throat> they're just kind of re-envisioning the original tale in Haddonfield. And who is Jamie Lee Curtis playing? I think she's... Is she the victim again? Yeah, I think as an adult woman. Yes. Hmm. I Which I will say, I'm not. I'm not big on uh, scary films. Yeah. Not that it, I, I just don't find them to be entertaining most of the time. Especially this this rash over yeah. the last ten years of every single month there's a new one. Yeah. Uh, my favorite. Not to get too off topic. We're still on topic, but away <laughs> from Halloween. Yeah. One of my favorite. It makes me die laughing. I saw the preview and I showed Leah and she was cracking up too. They're just running out of ideas. You're not getting like the like the the good ones that come around. Like what's the Quiet Place was big last. And we saw it. It's decent. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen. It. I'm, I don't. I don't pay for those films. I, I wouldn't call them. it a horror movie. To be honest, it was really more of a suspense thriller with monsters. Okay, but what it, you see what my point is that one had sub- substance. Yeah. A lot of these ones they're rolling out. It is just the 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 the, the people make them because they're cheap. Yeah, and they know that they're gonna re- make a return. But the one I saw. It was like this big, you watch the scary thing, and it's all, you know, you don't know if it's a monster, what it is. And at the end, it's called The Bye-Bye Man. <laughs> now, I totally, I wanted to be in the room yeah. <laughs> when they're pitching this, and they go through the whole plot. And at the end, they're like, and what's it called again? Oh, that's the best part. <laughs> the Bye-Bye Man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did we test any other titles? <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, we did, we, we were liking, uh, Toodaloo, but, uh, the Toodaloo we, man. We, we thought about Tata man, like goodbye, Tata. And we are in talks of doing a triple X version. Yes. <laughs> the Tata, the Tata man. man. But, um, no, the Bye Bye Man was what we settled on. No, but anywho, uh, uh having said I don't like horror films, I think Halloween is truly the best. Of uh, that I've uh, the original, the set, yeah, the first the, one, the very first one, and I say that because it was suspenseful, it was a, a, a thriller, it was a scary film, it was a horror film, but at the same time, it's that kind of horror film when you watch it, and you're like, okay, yeah, that could happen. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't see films now where they're making them like 
Yeah, the Mothman prophecy. People say that's real. I, it's not real. That's not real. Chapstick. <laughs> yeah, that's not something that happens to anyone. Okay, like you can tell me that the Amityville horror is based on fact. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I, you know, get out. Right. Like not, but but some fucking crazy weirdo that yeah. is institutionalized has a beef with his sister can definitely get out. And I have a little piece of trivia for it's you. It's probably happened in real IRL. Yeah. I have a piece of trivia for you. Do you know who? The, the, the Michael Mass famous mass. Michael Myers famous mass. Oh, I know. Are you, it's Bill Shatner. Yeah, Billy Shatner. Yeah. They just uh, painted it white. Because I think the orig- the Shatner mask might have had eyebrows and some flesh tone to it. Was it an accident? Like, where did they stumble across? No, that's just what they decided to go with for whatever reason. Halloween is a good classic. It's, it is one of those movies, though, that doesn't hold up. Like, it's never going to be unsettlingly scary as an adult like it is when you like watch it in secret at 10 years old sure you know i've watched the original halloween i think last halloween and it's like i actually fell asleep it's like it's just not it's it is a classic and it's the first american style horror film to sort of steal from the italian genres because if you go back and watch any 60s and 70s italian horror film the killer is always the same thing you see the murders from their perspective, knife, black leather glove, and you never actually see them until like the very end. Like there's never there's always like a big reveal as to who they are. And that whole watching the kills through the perspective of the mask thing that was all very Italian as far as film history goes. Nice. I do like horror movies to an extent. I like either really like genuinely good ones that that you know startle me, like the conjuring movies I think are good. Pay it forward. <laughs> the insidious movies. Pretty much anything James Wan makes mm. is good. You get a good startle, and yeah. it's always a little occultish, demonic possession. Sure. Those are decent. If they're not genuinely good, like, you know, made me jump a little bit in my seat, they have to be just goofy as fuck. Okay. Like, for my money, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 with Dennis Hopper. It does not get any better than that. Well, you put it, Dennis Hopper in anything. It is so ridiculous yeah. and goofy, and it's got uh, uh, Bill Mosley in it, the guy that does the Rob Zombie movies. What was Dennis Hopper's greatest greatest work? Um, I'm gonna say for me, it's Waterworld. But you, can, you can... <laughs> I was gonna say Speed, but <laughs> it's, it's Waterworld. Waterworlds. I like Waterworld. I love Waterworld. <laughs> I to this day, I'm still upset that it ended perfectly for a sequel. Yeah. Now, I know that the film cost the studio, like, in 1994, like, $250 million to make, which back then was just erroneous and probably only made $75 million. So yeah. I, I understand why there was no yeah. Waterworld 2, but also, I'm just a huge Kevin Costner fan. I well, just, yeah, I mean, Robin Hood. Yeah. Well, that's not his Dances best with Wolves. Also, did I tell you the time of one of me and Leah's first dates with Dances with Wolves? No. Oh, so I had the extended cut DVD. Ooh. Yeah. Settle Because I love that film. You might want to pee before we get started. It's already a long movie. And what I didn't know was, not only was the extended cut, Mm. this was throw in every shot we filmed cut. Wow. So Like a six hour film? We got about three and a half hours in and I looked down, I seriously did, I looked down, I was like, holy shit. Three and a half hours. I can see she was bored. Yeah. And this is, you know, you first started dating. This is not one. This is like one you've been married for 10 years that you might swaddle through. Yeah. But 
I mean, the theatrical release is long. Mm-hmm. The theatrical release is three hours. Yeah. But the uh, we, I remember I looked down. It's three thirty, and I, I know I've seen this movie a hundred times. I know where we're at in the film. <laughs> it's three hours, and it's like, oh fuck, he's only just now getting to we that. We just got to the buffalo, <laughs> Tatanka. Oh my god, they haven't even named him yet. <laughs> he's still John Dunbar. <laughs> we're in trouble. But she, uh, she's like, I think, I honestly thought I had ki- killed it. Yeah. She's like, I think, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna head home. <laughs> I'm tired. This movie's really long. And then, for, sadly for her, she took the wrong turn on mm. 316 going back home. Yeah. Because we lived a, a fair distance apart, and she called me 45 minutes later, and she said, Hi, I think I might have t- missed a turn. <laughs> I'm in Bethlehem, Georgia. I said, Bethlehem? <laughs> Which was a full 45 minutes yeah. away from where she made the wrong turn. So <laughs> Make a left at the baby Jesus. You should have just stayed for the movie and <laughs> at this point. Yeah. The uh, movie is uh, three quarters of the way done. You should have stuck around two more hours. Who knows? Who knows? You could have gotten handsy on the couch. <laughs> yeah, but that's that was, so that's why that's our movie that somehow horror film that. Yeah, the the thing that I always laugh about with Waterworld is Dennis Hopper wears what is definitely a football helmet chin strap as an eye patch. Yeah, and I remember as a kid watching that movie and thinking to myself. I play football, rec league football, and I have that chin strap, mm-hmm. and it smells terrible. Yeah, and he's got it on his face. face. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about that, the smokers—they were called. Yeah. The bad guys. Where's the endless supply of cigarettes coming from? Yeah. Where are they growing the tobacco? I, but they weren't. Gr- it was like Marlboros. They had cases and cases of Marlboros. I mean, they are pirates. But their ship's not, the ship doesn't move, right? Like, they like they have to, like, row it if they want right. to go somewhere. It's the Exxon Valdez, yeah. if you remember correctly, which was the ship that had that major oil spill in the early, oh, okay. late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. But, yeah, it doesn't Well, and how do the jet skis come from underneath the water? Yeah. These are all, <laughs> there's holes. Because they shoot, they shoot up from, like, under the water with their jet skis. And the jet skis or, or whatever you... <laughs> They are burning fuel. <laughs> so if you start... It is an internal combustion engine. If you start it under the water, I gotta imagine it's not gonna start. No, that would just be one dead smoker. <laughs> so I do tend to wonder, like, and even if they, like, have this system built in the bottom of the boat where they start it in the boat and then they sort of shoot down, like, it would go, it would die before they ever... It doesn't make sense. Is yeah, what there's a lot of holes. I'm not saying that Waterworld doesn't have holes. I'm just saying I enjoy the film. As that a, movie, as a I always fantasize about being able to breathe underwater like Kevin mm. Costner in that movie. You want gills. And that's what I imagine Lake Lanier looks like on the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. There's a town down there. I know. Yeah. That would be, be really interesting. I always thought of all the things he could have swim down, all the treasures that Kevin Costner's character could have had, he, he didn't seem to be working that hard. No. You got... Just everything down there. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just fish and drink your own pee and you're good. I guess. What did he do? Like, I remember, I vaguely remember the premise of the movie, but like, what was his task in day-to-day life? Just sailing? Yeah, navigating. And but without up, any real purpose, really. Picking up feral children. The movie is basically <laughs> Mad Max on the water. <laughs> it kind it's, of is. It's exactly what that movie Which is. You, you need to help me convince Leah to watch... The new Mad Max. Oh my God! If she hasn't seen Fury Road, like Fury Road is intense. Like, it is such a good film. That I watch that routinely. Like yeah. it, it is, 
in such an impressive, yeah. uh, just hooks you in the action, the color, the everything. The way it's about shot. It. Yeah. Just it's, everything about the film. I love that movie. I, I want to watch it on like Blu-ray on a 70 inch television. It's an incredible film. I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not, but even at home, it's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Leah's got to watch it. Yeah. Don't start with the first Mad Max. No, no, it's, no. it's kind of gay. She, she does want to watch it. <laughs> it, it yeah. She does want to watch it. it. We actually, in fact, all the her, Road Warrior yeah. movies are kind of gay. Her, her interest was peaked during the uh, Academy Awards where they just kept winning. Yeah. Not for acting roles or anything like that, but. Yeah. For sound, for lighting, for production, for special effects. I mean, it, yeah. it swept a lot of categories from that technical side. And I remember she thought, this movie must be really good. Yeah. And I was like, clearly we should watch it. I was up late one night, started it. It's like one of those, it's like you said, mm. you press play on that film and that's it. You, yeah. You're not moving yeah, you're, for you're two glued. hours. I mean, you're, you're glued in. Do not, my friends, become addicted to water. <laughs> Witness me! <laughs> Mediocre! <laughs> I love that. Like, like, well, we'll witness you. Oh, that was lame. Mediocre. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> We're all going to die young, so eat spray paint and yeah. kill yourself. Well, uh, on that, I do want to transition. I want to say you, you gave me a stat before we started that really excited me. Just because we're here at the 13th episode, the end of, I guess we'll call it season one of this pod thing of ours, yeah. as well as as uh, yeah, Sopranos. This is the end of season one. We're gonna 61. 61 unique, unique listeners. listeners. And including or one. Unique, unique devices, I suppose. Including one. In Australia. From, from Australia. He could be from Conyers, but he, he <laughs> it says Australia. Uh, this is just an accent. I'm from Conyers. I'm from Conyers, yeah. Yeah, according to, according to the RSS feed data, which does contradict Apple podcast data, but what I don't, you know, I really don't know how to decipher it all. There's 61 unique listening devices tethered to our show going all the way back to episode one. It's beautiful. Which means 20 people might have listened to 12 and... You know, 30 before that listened to 10, but those 30 didn't listen to 12. You know, it's... Don't care. But it's still cool to see. We've reached 61 people. And, oh, also, we got two emails. What? How is that not, like, a headline? Maybe three, because Rusty, he uh, actually messaged me on Facebook the other day to, to confirm what the email was. And I have not checked it since he asked. So there might be an unread email from Rusty right now between... 12 and 13, but uh, yes, Superfan Banks sent nice. a test email just to make sure he had it right, just hashtag chocolate task. Nice. So that's our first official email. Chocolate task. Frame it, put it on the wall. Lovely. Second email Banks sent was a special request to play Opie in the porno parody. There's no one I would cast <laughs> uh, not named Banks for Opie. He, he has to shave. Is he willing? His beard? Oh, I'm sure, I mean... He's a Hickman. I mean, it'll be back the next day. But yeah, for the shooting, I'm sure he's willing. Okay, he, he's it's perfect. Op- Opie's chocolate task, <laughs> episode one. <laughs> he's perfect. I would Opie. definitely make Banks eat ass <laughs> right out of the gate. Like uh, Banks, this is Ron Jeremy. <laughs> this is Ron Jeremy's ass. <laughs> I wouldn't make Banks eat Ron Jeremy's ass, but he's. Definitely I wouldn't make ass. my worst enemy eat Ron Jeremy's no, ass. Just pastrami and hair and <laughs> dingleberries. And I saw him at a trade show when I was working for a liquor distributor. 
well, for a store that did a lot of other things, but uh, he he was pushing his his rum. I don't know if you know he made he put his face and name to a, a rum. That. I knew that he had a, a dick pill that he pushed. I didn't know that. No, he had no. Rum. He and it, I will be honest with you, it was good rum. Mm. It's about twenty five dollars a bottle. Nothing too high end. Nothing too low end. What's it, it was called? Ron De Jeremy. <laughs> and, and he had shirts. He, okay. he, he he came into our store. He came into our store. We've dropped the ball on Choco Tacos and several other things for the show. Yeah. We do need to try and get ourselves some Ronde Jeremy rum. Absolutely. He, I have a shirt upstairs that has his face on it with the with the rum brand, and it's like Fantastic. a black and white. And he signed it. So you know him. He's total can... asshole, by oh. the way. He did, didn't say two words, just signed the shirt, ran out. The distributor tried to have him talk to us. He just went and sat in the car. Mm. Whatever. Same weekend, he was at a trade show here, a liquor spirits trade show, which are always fun, by the way, because you literally just get fucked up for free. And the good trade shows do it right. They pr- provide excellent food. I was going to say, the, the only way that works is, is if with there's food. a good spread. Yeah, as, and it was. This was like... Top of the line. This had, this was the kind of spread where you, you go station to station and someone's carving prime beef, mm. you know, or you, you go to another one and they had like chick, you know, chicken, all any pastas, anything they knew would soak up. Yeah. Because they're not giving you like full shots, but you're definitely drinking a lot. Yeah. And, no, it's like uh, a wine tasting. Like the spit bucket's over there's here. There's no spit and it's bucket like, though. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm swallowing everything. But I, I look over and uh, there's Ron. It's clear. And there's people kind of following him because there's Ron Jeremy. Mm. And uh, show us your dick, <laughs> show us that dick, boy. <laughs> but he, he's walking about and he, he kind of saddles up next to this guy that had one of the because it wasn't just a spirit show, they had like food vendors as well trying to, mm. to, to you know sell their wares. I, but I don't really understand how this one would have worked because it was a guy with one of those really nice uh prosciutto, like he had. A whole leg of ha- like ham leg. Oh yeah, and he's very and he's thinly, just thinly shaped, slicing yeah. it off the thing. J- Jeremy parked. He parked right there. <laughs> I think he stood there for twenty five <laughs> minutes just eating slice. And the guy was more than happy. Yeah. To just slice Ron Jeremy slice hey, give me, after give me slice. Some fat. Give me some of the fat on uh, that one. It, I, it was disturbing <laughs> to watch Ron Jeremy just eat just twenty five minutes worth of prosciutto. Yeah. Cause he already smelled. I'll be honest with you. The guy just he smelled oh, like yeah. sweat and he, just. Corolla has a famous story about being on an airplane with Ron Jeremy, and he and he says every time he tells a story, "I love Ron. Ron's a great show guest, and and he's fun to be around." He said, "But he's got some musk," <laughs> and he has this very famous story about being on an airplane with him and being behind him yeah. so many seats, and he's just like he's made this decision. I don't want to have a meet and greet because he's a hugger. Ron Ron's a hugger and I don't it's it's just he never smells good. Yeah. And he said and the funny part of the story is he decided he would just camp in his seat till the plane emptied. But the catch in the story is that Ron did the same thing. <laughs> so at some point the only two people on the plane are Ron Jeremy and Adam Carolla and Adam's just like fuck. <laughs> it's like it's like does he know what I'm doing yeah. or is he just hanging back? I forget how it ends but because I listen to that podcast, uh, he, he Ron stinks. Jeremy is famously funky. He's musky, and it's a, it's deep. It's not like that, like, may not have showered for a yeah. day musk. It's like, it's just a very deep, and it's lingering. Yeah. He, when he leaves the space, you're still smelling ball sweat and... <laughs> You, or in his case, Dick's what yeah. I imagine. But you know how when you're on the road and you get behind a car that's like from the seventies? Yeah. That gas. And you smell yeah. it. And then you think to yourself, like, is this what just outside on the road 
smelt like mm-hmm. in 1977, yeah. like every car. So that that exhaust <laughs> gas fume smell <laughs> that's just everywhere. <laughs> On that note, tying it into Ron Jeremy, it does make me wonder, like, is this just what porn sets smelt like <laughs> in 1977? <laughs> just B.O. and ass. <laughs> gotta be bad <laughs> like just hair you know you if you see a modern production everything is clean and pristine and and oh hell yeah i read an article about this the other day but uh, what's that what's she's asa akira she does like a million scenes a, a year she's, i know yeah i know who you're talking about i think something like that anyways uh, it's like asa like asa yeah akira, asa akira yeah. or something like that she you know she's a, a legend in the game always comes back to porn stars with us but <laughs> anyway, she she it was one of these Vice articles because I follow Vice on Facebook, yeah. and I find that their quality is starting to dip a, a bit. Mm. I like the more serious Vice articles. This one was like how to do anal sex in modern day porn, mm. and and but Ace Akira was like their main interviewer, and she's like, it's a serious business. Yeah, if you want to have anal scene, you need to do you have to douche, you have yeah. to clean your butt, you have yeah. to bleach your butt. I mean, but for her, it wasn't even funny to read because it was so fucking technically like perf- yeah. sound. It was like. Wait a minute. So you're like, what's the prep time? Yeah. If you know you're going to be doing an anal scene on Tuesday, yeah, and it's Monday, they they it's like surgery. Like they don't eat the day before. Yeah, you, yeah. They 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 anal douche. They clean themselves out. Yeah. There's a there's a porn star girl that I I follow on Instagram, <laughs> and she sorry I didn't mean in, to in laugh her, man that but in her stories not too long ago, it just said. Uh, shooting anal tomorrow. Got to go clean my ass out. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, uh, it's like, that's a thing that we do. Just on that note, <laughs> WFUCK needs to take a quick commercial break because not having any anal sex, but I need to use the restroom <laughs> and you can make your guesses. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey, folks, we're back with the Golden Voice and the Laugh Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we shouldn't go too deep any any much farther down the rabbit hole, but to finish what we were talking about, the things are much more regulated now. Porn sets are clean. You don't have to worry about a number of things. They're even required to get tested every two weeks while they're working. Right. I imagine in Ron Jeremy's day, it's just funky. Yeah. Like there's no there's no butt cleaning back oh, then. Oh gosh. It's just like it's just pubes and butt. <laughs> <laughs> just pubes and butt. Yeah, that's. You watch an old porno. It's like I had no idea that that pubic hair could actually go all the way up the ass crack. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like <clears throat> yeah, oh, yeah. That's just tell you a funny the story. Way it was. <laughs> I went on a date one time to mm-hmm. Music Midtown. Mm. What year are we talking? Two thousand two. Just graduated high school. Summer. You, summer of two thousand two. Do you remember the big headliners? I do. That's the okay. best part of this story. Okay. Well, it's not the best part of the story. I just wonder to... if it's the same year I went. Nickelback. <laughs> no joke. They all the hate they get, and we've talked about it. They were the lead that night, and That's... I found it hilarious that the, there's this guy on stage. He's like, "What the fuck is up, Atlanta? We're fucking Nickelback." He said, "Fuck, fuck, 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 fuck." Yeah. Like he thought that would be like the thing that would endear the audience to yeah. him. We're cooler than we sound. Yeah. <laughs> we were driving back in black. Anyway, she was bad, and we weren't paying much attention. Baby doesn't like it either, clearly. No. But the girl that I was with, no names, we all know the rules, uh, 
We'll call her Tabitha. <laughs> Fuck, was that? I'll tell you this. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. It, it, in some, in a, in a, in a perfect twist, it, it rhymed with Andy. Oh, good. We'll, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah, that was probably too much. But I doubt she's listening, so. Mandy? <laughs> Shandy? <laughs> Anyways. Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. Sandy, baby. Anywho. Why she yeah, had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't. Let's not go down there. I could just. I love that song. All right. Let's just talk Grease the rest of the show. Grease should be one of the, <laughs> one of the pods, I think. But uh, anyhow, she. I, you know how you are when you're 18. I think she had like five beers. Hmm. That her uncle gave her or something. Yeah. I don't remember exactly what happened. But. Hey, Austin, I got some. I got five Mick Ultras. Ah, you well, want, you want? She, <laughs> she, I, I, I drove. So she, you know, goes a little ham at Nickelback. And she's wearing this, this uh, denim, denim skirt, which I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. I love the look of it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know if it's nostalgia, yeah. but there's just something about a denim skirt and braces that we've discussed <laughs> that just really do it for me. <laughs> So put Isabella from last week in a denim skirt and braces, and you just like can't contain yourself. Gonna, uh, yeah. Anywho, I mean, yeah. Anyways, she I has, just had, she a, has her, I just had a, a a wake wet dream. Is that even a thing? Oh, it's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. By the way, great beer, Westbrook, yeah. delicious. Anyways, she uh, she had her five beers. Definitely not this good of a beer. And it was like, to be honest with you, the only word I could give you is kind of belligerent. Yeah, like she, I had never seen that. Like, she was small, but five beers, like, what the hell? And then she just said, "I didn't go that down." And I was like, "Okay." And the <laughs> only place she just, I thought that meant for me to escort her to a laying down place, a grass, <laughs> a bench. Let's, let's find the least pea soaked area. She went for the pea soaked area. <laughs> she found. She just. She just. We walked about ten feet. She's like, "No," and just laid down on this cement in the middle of Centennial Park. Just lays down. The skirt hiked way up. Mm. So at this point, I was trying to be a gentleman because yeah. there were plenty of not gentlemen around. Sure. And I went to pull said awesome jean skirt down. <laughs> was it and frayed on the edge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it had it all. Yeah. It had it all. Uh, I mean, this thing's only missing a choke, a choker, and I'm in heaven <laughs> with the braces. Yeah. But anyway, I went to to I'm a little different. I like more of the. Uh, What's the big music festival in California every year? Coachella. I'm more of the Coachella, like Native American inspired. Still jean shorts, but you know, suede tank yeah. top. It's not quite all the. It's it's a, not very much material. It might even just be made out of strands. Oh, I want to stop you there. Uh oh. Wait, I I think we might have <laughs> a special guest trying to be quiet <laughs> while making herself a vodka gimlet. Carrie Martin. Come on down! <laughs> you arrived just in time for Dan Fogelberg hours. <laughs> 7 to 8 here on 97.5 WFUCK. The Bam! <laughs> Carrie Martin, come on come down! Come on down! We had a guest on. guest. <laughs> we got all of it. Come on in! <laughs> Your baby's crying. Yeah, we hear. She's in the background of like every, every episode. Show. Every show. She hey, loves, folks. She loves it. Hey, we got a hey, folks. Yeah, that's nice. All right, we'll see you later. Bye. Carrie Martin, thank you for stopping in. I got shushed on my own pod. We should consider moving to the basement. 
Ah, maybe. <laughs> but I'm might, committed it, to I know, this but it spot. might echo less, and then we could potentially get started sooner without having to boot your wife and newborn baby out of the living room. They, she loves it upstairs. You've been up there. It's a damn... It's a, I it's know. A, it's a whole house. other level. Yeah. But in the basement, I mean, just the imagine... The problem with the Imagine basement. how filthy we could be down there. <laughs> because we're in the basement. <laughs> it becomes tangible. But I, let yeah. me finish this. So there's the jean skirt. Yeah. And I, I, I go to pull it down. And she's wearing. I, I'm 18. She's got white panties on. Mm. Okay, not what I not what I see. What I see is coming out of the edge of those panties <laughs> is the most violently disturbing pubic hair I've ever seen. It was like what's that? It's not curly. No, it's no. got right angles. <laughs> it was like honestly, I thought it. The only metaphor I could, or I don't know if that's the right word, but the only I could. Say that it were instantly reminded me of, and of course we didn't have a second date after this. But the only <laughs> thing it instantly reminded me of, it was like as if the Bride of Frankenstein was stuck in there, and the hair was the only thing that could get out. There's even a shock of white. It, it, yeah, she had a streak. Yeah, but it was like just pouring out of there, and I remember thinking like, I I know it's, it's like we're 18, but something, some little like if you put that on a little bit of of. Primping. If you put it, it's like if I put boxers on, yeah, and I look down in the mirror, and I see like just pubes just like flowing out of the top. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, I probably should do something about this. <laughs> just a thing. Yeah, I, I probably need to do a little scaping. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's just unaware. I don't think so. I think I, I, I just, I, just goes natural. I think that's just what she does. Yeah. And now it's, it's. I mean, it's forever tainted. Not that it matters. We were never going to get married and have children, but it was just like now when I when she does a Facebook update, I'm like, <laughs> that's it. It's always the same. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. Well, God, how long is that shit now? Is that where she doesn't wear a skirt anymore. She has to wear long pants. Yeah, she looks like it's like braided. It's yeah. like Jack Sparrow down there. Well, to so, to sort of wrap up the. Uh, the porno. Oh, sorry. We we're supposed to press start on episode thirteen. Damn. I have a Floyd. Okay. And he's he's my Floyd because Floyd the barber. Yeah. All right. He's Floyd because everything I've ever seen him in, he has a mustache. What's his name? His name is Tommy Gunn. I don't With know. Two Tommy. N's. Tommy Gunn. Is it T O M M Y? T O M M Y G U N N. Tommy Gunn. I just looked this fella up on your phone. <sighs> I know Tommy Gunn. <laughs> He's a good Floyd. I think he's a good Floyd. We'd have he, he, he's a little Latino. It, and well, he might be Latino, but he's thing, got the mustache. The, but no, I was gonna say if you if you if you if you gray the hair, mm-hmm. a few subtle changes. This is a perfect Floyd. Gray the hair, mustache, <laughs> huge hog. Yeah, he's got the professional porno. So dick. Eight, he's five eight. This is like perfect. He is. He is Floyd. It's Floyd. It's slowly coming together. I'm starting to be more concerned with the fact that if you gave me another actor, <laughs> like, give me one more. Like, do you know one right off the top of your head? No, I exhausted my three. I, I, I said we had Evan Stone. And you knew who he was. I and did. Off the air, I said <laughs> Owen Gray. And you looked him up and you're like, I, I know Owen Gray. Fuck, I know Owen Gray. <laughs> and then I I knew this guy's face. I didn't know his name. So I just Googled male porn stars and he's like the fourth one on Google. <laughs> Yeah, with my phone. <laughs> with your phone. Yeah. So, yeah. When, 
when the time comes. Outside of those three and James Dean, who we've agreed is out. Yeah, he's out. I don't know any. I'm, I can't. I can't do James Dean. I'm happy to say I don't. I, I, I don't maybe, know any maybe, porn star Maybe names. we should try to, rather than bringing on these big names, maybe we need to to approach the amateur rank. Someone who's up and coming, literally and figuratively. I don't know. I mean, I want to go big. Okay. I want, you know, the Pirates movie holds the record for a million dollar budget. I want to go like two. I want this thing to be just, I want like, I want recognition from Hollywood. Like just. Or the seedy, deepy, <laughs> nasty Hollywood. But yeah. Yeah. We're not going to be like the biggest the celebrity thing. that comes to our, uh, our screening is Mickey Rourke. But I do, I, I think there's. I, it's always porn with us. I was in the middle of making a point, and my brain was just like, damn it. <sighs> Something substantive would have been nice tonight. But uh, we did not mention porno once last week. <sighs> well, we're doubling down. Uh, no. Well, what, what, what I'm saying is I think that there, in this modern age, if you made that kind of parody and it, it hit a level of success, it would never be mainstream, but... You don't need mainstream anymore. No. If if someone commented or shared, and it, was, it would just be immediate that, boom, and like all these people would be like, did you hear about this new Andy Griffith? Mm. And like, I don't know who Andy Griffith is. And like, oh, it was a show in the 60s. but It's this great porno <clears throat> with Evan Stone and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Somehow they got <laughs> Steve Buscemi on this. And wait for the end, because Val Kilmer's in the last scene. <laughs> What? Yeah. Val fucking Kilmer is in the last scene of this movie. Val Kilmer as Gomer. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, surprise, 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 surprise. Yeah, he would take on a ba- He would try to save his career with some kind of Batman performance. So no, but we got, I mean, I don't want to harp on it too long, but we now have Andy. Banks has been cast as Opie. Eating ass. He doesn't even For get. Sure. He doesn't even get a, like a like that. Will be Opie's scene. Like yeah. there's no. That's it, Banks. <laughs> You've been cast, but you're eating ass. That's it. The uh, party girls from Mount Pilot. I think we agree. We had uh, yeah. You Jesse Jane yeah. and Riley Steele. Perfect. Um, we have now Tommy Gunn as Floyd <laughs> the Barber. Floyd Barber. Mm-hmm. We have Steve Buscemi. Only Let me ask you this: as Barney, as Barney, <laughs> we have Stormy Daniels as Ain't B. Perfect. Now that leaves Gomer and Goober, <clears throat> right? <laughs> also. We need Otis. Otis is the town drunk. We've that's the first person we cast. Oh shit, Ron Jeremy. Oh, can we, after the recent talk we just had, I, I'd rather not have Musk on the set. I think we fair, can do better. Fair enough. Plus, I think he's going to try to. You bring in all these huge stars and egos. Yeah, and no one's going to think they're bigger. Like he's just going to bring some negativity to the set that we I don't got, need. Yeah, no, I got you. Uh, but we'll, we can we can revisit. I do think it will be harder to get Stormy than it will be to get Steve Buscemi. Maybe. <laughs> At least Maybe. now. If we wait till the Trump stuff dies down, it might it might get easier. Till it dies down. <laughs> In 2024. Cheers. Jesus <laughs> Christ. How about that North Korea stuff, huh? I read one today and said, well, if it doesn't work out, be annihilated. Like, all right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Anywho, let's not go down that fucking yeah. rabbit hole. No, yeah, it's... <clears throat> you know, I do tend to wonder... I don't want We have started The Sopranos. I don't want to go too far down it, but you do tend to wonder if anything that he did with North Korea as far as calling Kim Jong-un Rocket Man and insulting him and just being belligerent, 
if that sort of hardball method he took did have something to do with the peace talks we have now, <laughs> you do tend to wonder if he if he's sort of sitting there thinking like, well, this worked with that guy. So I'm just going to be a dickhole to Iran now and, and we're going to get them to <laughs> to settle down, too. Yeah. yeah. Although I did read, I think, yesterday that that South Korea did something to offend North Korea. So they've temporarily. Well, it was just, just, no, it was, it was it, it's not it wasn't anything offensive in the sense it was new. It was just military training exercises. Right. They've and been doing that for. And because of that, North Korea's it gave tem- them out. temporarily. But none of that was the issue. The, yeah. The minute we pulled out of that Iran deal. Mm-hmm. Why would again? This is where we don't want to go. We've we've been talking about anal sex and porn stars for forty minutes. And now we're oh, trying let's get to talk about international diplomacy. <laughs> but why would any? Why Are they would, that different? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but why? Why would they? If you, if you if you pull out of the Iran deal, why would they want to enter into a deal with us? That's, he no, didn't pull true. out of that. You can look. I've seen good reasons for pulling out. I, I've actually given credence and time to reading about why it might have been a good decision, mm. right? And it, you know what? It might have been. But the thing is, the fact that he did it makes yeah. it cheap to me because to him, he didn't read anything. <laughs> he didn't listen to any good advisors. Did have my name on it? All, then no, I'm not all he it. did was say, "Was it is something Obama did? We got to get rid of it." Yeah, he's all about just getting whatever rid of that. The, whatever the black guy did, right? We got to get I don't rid even of. Think, I think he has a personal vendetta against Obama. It goes back to the White House correspondent dinner. I think it was 2014. Yeah, where Obama shit on him pretty hard. It was a pretty nice roast. Well, but I, Trump <clears throat> is the Trump is the the. Founding father of birtherism. Yeah, I know. I know. I understand. That. I'm saying it wasn't as if Obama was coming out of left field and yeah. just making fun of Donald Trump. It was a very calculated response to birtherism. Yeah. And he even had Melania on there talking about birtherism on one of the Fox News channels in 13 or 14. I don't remember. But what I'm saying is you get you get into this, it's just simply a vendetta for him. Even if it was the right... Let's say in, in the historical perspective of that decision mm-hmm. that it was the right call. I'm not sure where I stand on this issue, by the way. Yeah. But let's say that, let's give it that line, that maybe this was the right move. He didn't make it because, it's because right it was move. the right move. <laughs> he just did it to... Instinctively and yeah. out of spite. He yeah. said, Obama did it, it's gone. Yeah. It's a bad deal. We gave you know we gave them a billion dollars. We didn't give them a billion. It, it was, was their, their money. frozen assets. <laughs> it was their money. Yeah. We gave them their own money. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. We just unfroze what was theirs yeah. and gave that to them as part of the deal. But my, my problem with it, the Iran, I saw a great, I, I love Rick Steves. Are you familiar? No. <clears throat> Rick Steves is a travel guide expert on Europe, primarily. He's on, I've been watching Rick Steves for as long as I can remember. Mom and dad would watch it on Sundays. It was like a very, for me, it was kind of a nap, but it was the sound of his voice. Mm. He would travel Europe, show you, he writes guidebooks, it kind of appropriately named Backdoor Guide to Europe for our conversation tonight. <laughs> but just Europe through the back door is kind of his thing. He shows you how to save money, where to go, the things you need to do, the things you need to be prepared for. Paris, he get great inside tips for us. Yeah. The museum pass was definitely something he said you should most certainly buy. Yeah, the family I met on the plane <laughs> coming back from Vegas, the guy was like, I had to research before we left because with the refugee crisis and there, and there being such big... Muslim neighborhoods now in France and Paris. He's like, we kind of purposely chose not to go to these different neighborhoods because you hear all these bad racist. things. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I Well, racist or not, I tend to agree. If you told me, like, when you go to Paris, maybe avoid this neighborhood. 
because but that it's full of Muslim refugees, man, that doesn't I, make I might any, do that. That doesn't hold water. You can I could go to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and they could say, "Don't go to that side of town because of X, Y, Z." Yeah, it doesn't. Like that's true of any major industrial hub, sure. city in the world. If you, and honestly, I'm not. I'm less concerned with the with the refugee. Yeah. Than I am with someone who lives there consistent like for a long time and knows exactly how to rob you. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's, I'm just that, saying. there's that famous. I forget where it is, but there's a famous place in in uh, London where, like, it's like pickpocket heaven. Yeah. It's like it might be Piccadilly Circus or something like yeah. that, where it's like, if you go down this particular street, keep your hands yeah. on your wallet. Well, they told us that in Paris. They said, "Hey, uh, when you go to the Eiffel Tower, you should go." Just be really wary because that's actually one of the more dangerous spots in the city for pickpockets, for quick robberies, for all that. Because they know that the people coming to the Eiffel Tower yeah. don't live in Paris. Yeah, that's when you that's when you get yourself that that ridiculously nerdy tourist money belt that you wear under your clothes. Oh, but you definitely need it. <laughs> yeah, I'm See, I, sure. didn't, I didn't have one. I just kept everything in my front pockets. Yeah, and that's a big thing over there. But I, I, I just committed to briefs for the week, and well, everything was nestled <laughs> right next to my ball sack. Yeah. The only other thing I'll say about Eiffel Tower, it's not that it's disappointing. It's something to see, but it's also like, okay, that's enough of that. Saw it. Saw it. Moving on. And we went in the middle of the day to avoid some of the, the English guy talking about it said that he, he had a real beef. He was racist. He was like, hmm? fucking Algerians, mate, everywhere. Just <laughs> taking your shit, nicking it left and right. It was only the Algerians or something. It was something yeah. like that. I can't remember. Bulgarians, Algerians, Romanians. It was it was an Eastern Bloc, and he was like, "Fuck them! I just take it, take you for everything." I was like, "Okay, okay, noted." So we went at like two thirty in the afternoon. Saw it, great. Walked about, found a restroom, got out. But the thing about it was, when we were there, I was like, I, again, I'm like, now I'm all jazzed up. I'm like looking, I'm on, I'm on swivel. Yeah. I'm looking for anybody. And what I saw, there was a big European football match, and you know, I love, I love that stuff, and uh, the. Celtic football team followers were there. This is one of the, this is Scotland's biggest football team. This is yeah. their big boys. And I was like, let's just hang around them because these are old firm guys. These are guys that you're not going to take this guy's wallet because yeah. if you take his wallet, you're going to deal with 45 ultras, <laughs> which is what they, you know, these ultra fans yeah. that are not just going to beat you up. They're going to like make you sure to remember this. These are Green Street hooligans. Yeah. These, these guys are going to curb stomp you. Yeah. Chelsea grin you. <laughs> They're going to ruin your face. It was just funny. I, I didn't think of it at the time, but I was like, I noticed that the entirety of the time that we were at the Eiffel Tower, I just kind of followed that group. <laughs> just on the periphery. I was never one of them, yeah. but I was close enough that if something popped off, I could scream, Celtic boys! I could just say something. <laughs> oi! 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 And they could just come and just start pounding on whoever just took the wall. forever blow with bubbles. <laughs> Pretty bubbles in the air. But yeah, it, it was... United! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely huddled around them. I don't blame you. But all I was, all I was alluding to is, is if all that hardball... That's that's I I tend to wonder because I like you I don't know what I think about the Iran thing either, I tend to wonder if he's thinking I played dickheadish hardball with North Korea and we got somewhere so now I'm gonna play dickheadish hardball with Iran and and see if the same thing happens. That's a different different scenario right there. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, I, I occasionally you hear electricity throughout the country. <laughs> yeah, it's very electricity different. in one guy's house in the country. Yeah. Well, and I do tend to wonder, like, you know, Kim Jong-un grew up there. And, 
you do tend to wonder, like, he left, you know, historically to go to South Korea for the Olympic Games. You just tend to wonder if he's like, fuck. I don't think he did. It's nice here. He sent his sister. <laughs> I thought he went. No. He sent his his uh, his sister. Well, he is aware of the outside world. Yeah, but I mean, you like you like you're right. I again, this is weird that we've gone down this path. I will say that. But when Do you, you think, think? Oh, it's nice there. It's nice for him everywhere he goes. Yeah. It's yeah. like they when he doesn't see the blacked out North Korea. Do you think he's a chocolate tasker? Oh, <sighs> you know, initially I want to say no, <laughs> just to bring him back. But I have to think about. It's a good question because guys like that, they can have whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want it. Yeah. When you live that lifestyle for a long time, you're the guy that's like, well, you know, I just want to have my tongue in someone's asshole at this point because <laughs> I've done everything else. Well, yeah, it's like the uh, the cliche, like wealthy, powerful executive who pays a prostitute to treat him like a baby because he's in charge all day. Yeah. You know, you think he's got like a like a baby fetish room in his tower? Oh, man, that's a great <laughs> picture in my head. Just Kim Jong-un, that shitty haircut, just wrapped, swaddled up in a big old man diaper. And Do you think Donald Trump has a baby fetish room? I don't think he has. His fetish is the pee-pee. I think he's probably limited to that. I don't think he has the creativity of thought for those kind of deep, deep fetishes. Yeah, You know, know what I'm saying? I think for him, like, getting peed on is, like, the tippy-top <laughs> of his fetish game. Do you know? I'm, I'm, I understand a lot. About what human beings are into, I don't get PP. That's that's not. I don't get that one. It could be anything. Maybe someone peed on you when you were a kid. Maybe an abusive parent just burned you with cigarettes, pissed on you, and now since some strange turn of events, now you like to burn yourself cigarettes and have yourself pissed on. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> like, a psychologist. Like Ron Ron White has that great joke about you know, uh, 50 million gay men can't be wrong. <laughs> Making an argument for bud stuff. It's like, yeah, okay. I get yeah, okay. But pee pee? Like, I don't I don't My favorite if we're gonna do Ron White, my favorite I like of his is when he he was doing a stand up at Fort Hood, Texas. There's like forty thousand men on that base. And he's like talking about that on stage. He's like, oh. there's 40,000 men on this <laughs> base. And the say. woman down in the front row is, yeah, and they're all a terrible lay. <laughs> every one it, of them's a bad fuck. Everyone's a bad fuck. <laughs> and he says, you know, if you think you had sex with 40,000 dudes and you hadn't had a good time, maybe you'd say to yourself, maybe it's me. <laughs> maybe it's me. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, I, that's when I, I say, maybe it's me maybe it's all me. the time. Uh, <laughs> Is that cake? <laughs> I got so drunk last night. Somebody shit in my pants. <laughs> My grandmother used to put a hose up my ass and pump water into my bowels. And I hated it at first. <laughs> uh, she caught me masturbating. It is better, better that your seed lay in the belly of a whore than on the ground. And I kinda said, hard to argue with that, Grandma. You got 50 bucks? <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to argue with that logic, Grandma. Well, let's touch on some Sopranos. I know you sent me some info here. Yeah, I sent you a plot synopsis. I, st I, I had the thought today, perhaps this was the way to go about it all along. Perhaps... <laughs> right at the end! Perhaps if you, if you were to read the plot synopsis, touch on the high points, maybe even some of the trivia from IMDb, that would have been the way to 
more accurately tie the Sopranos into what we do. And, and who knows, maybe we would even continue on to season two if the format worked. We're a solid 50 minutes in. Uh, Let's see what happens. Tony is interviewed by the FBI, who play him a re- recording from a wiretap in Livy's room at her elder care residence. Like an elder care... Greengrove. <laughs> it confirms that Junior was behind the hit. As we discussed last week, Junior did try to take Tony out. He plays it cool, however, not only refusing to accept the offer of immunity from the feds, but not letting on to Uncle Junior what he knows. Right. Junior does give him the okay to eliminate the rat who's been wearing a wire, but Tony starts to get his revenge as well. Tony takes a major step when he decides to tell his crew about seeing a psychiatrist. At home, Carmilla has it out with Father Phil, who's <laughs> flirting with Rosalie Aprile, much the same way he does with her. Yeah, I love that. She's butt hurt because he's, he's eating well, her lasagna. He eating her, well, not lasagna. It was her uh, ziti. Yeah. And, and, it, and she gave him Jackie's watch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Livia, meanwhile, yeah. who may or may not, it's not, be suffering from Alzheimer's, tells Artie Bucco that it was Tony who burned down his restaurant. I'm surprised in that synopsis it doesn't touch on all of his food poisoning and the hallucinations and coming to terms with realizing that, <clears throat> uh, well, we're not remembering the stuff with pussy. Oh, you know, that's good. Well, he does say... Tony starts cleaning house while Artie feels torn between keeping the peace in the household and getting even with Tony for destroying the restaurant. The rifle Artie threatens Tony with is a Sporter Mauser 98. <laughs> the late James Gandolfini had a problem with the way Tony spoke to his mother. <laughs> Gandolfini absolutely idolized and adored Nancy Marchant and had nothing but the utmost respect for the veteran actress. He would film his scenes with her, then apologize profusely for the way his character had to speak. That reminds me, I read... I, f- I read somewhat recently, and you might have even told me this, that he wanted to lose weight, and the show producers wouldn't let him mm. because they wanted Tony to be a big guy. Yeah. And you do have to wonder, had he gotten to lose weight like he wanted to, would he still be alive? Yeah. Marchand took it all in stride and believed Gandolfini was a powerhouse of acting, <clears throat> which he truly was, and told him that the apologies weren't necessary and that she <laughs> was amazed by the differences between James Gandolfini and Tony Soprano. To her... Soprano was a mobbed-up thug, but James Gandolfini was a kitten. The tune heard during the sit-down at Satrials and the opening scenes Inside of Me by Little Stephen and the Disciples of Soul. Little Stephen is the musical pseudonym of Stephen Van Zant, who plays Silvio Dante. How about that? The name of the U.S. attorney character, Gene Conigliaro, is an inside joke by David Chase, since Eugene Conigliaro is also a character on the episode of The Rockford Files that Chase also <laughs> wrote back in 1980. This is all the trivia you're reading now, right? Yeah. The final scene of episode one was part of a pattern throughout the series, which would find David Chase as either the sole writer or one of a one or one of a two or more writers credited for every opening and closing episode with each season, except for one such episode written by a fellow staffer. Hmm. But yeah, you're right. It never touches on the fact that most of this episode is dominated by the dreams. And it's dominated the, by the food, the food poisoning, poisoning, hallucinations, the dreams. Uh, it's it's when he starts to realize something that maybe pussy. It's not when he realizes. In fact, that's what I love most. I'm, I'm glad that we're. This is our coup de gras with the Sopranos. I feel pretty confident. Even if we had these synopsis, I don't think it's where we're headed. But I, I'm glad we're going to wrap it up. But what I love about it is it's something Tony already knew. Yeah. I mean, not just intrinsically. He had been told. Right. That right. pussy was speaking by Peter McAllister, the father. Yeah. 
the father. He puts a, a, a guard up on it. Because it's, it's, it's like if someone came to me and they're like, you know that the Golden Voice has another podcast <laughs> with some other guy that he calls the Laugh Man? Yeah. I would be devastated. Yeah. But I would, part of me would be like, well, that can't be true. Yeah. As Colt Cuts brings Not in, too. the Golden Voice. Yeah. Not the Golden Voice, who I'm just talking about a little bit of a toothless. <laughs> are you talking about big Golden Voice or little Golden Voice? <laughs> big Pussy or Little Pussy? Wait, wait. My Pussy? My Pussy? But no, it, you would be... I would be devastated, but I would be defensive, and I would say that can't be the truth. And I, even if even if I knew inherently it probably was true, that I was dealing with a reliable source, I would I would fight it. But he knows, I think, that that is what's going on. Right. Every clue, all the back pain. You got. We've talked about before. We're we're quiet. Cold cuts. Where Polly says that he sent him to that right. New York Jets guy. Pussy There's nothing lives, wrong with him. Pussy lives through the end of season two. They 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 don't take care of him. So what, what I'm this? No, he doesn't. He dies right here. Pussy doesn't die at the end of season one. Pussy, Pussy dies season two. He dies at the end of this episode. I don't... Uh... 100%. Everyone listening to the podcast, I want you to... All of our viewers who can't view, you'll see Tony's face on this. He wakes up. He goes to Pussy's house, says he's buying a boat. They take him out on said boat. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. I wanted to know, are these hallucinations when you see the uh, fish turn and look at Tony and talk to him with Pussy's voice? I have a question. You know what? We've totally screwed this up. In a strange <laughs> twist. You're, we're you're not wrong. I'm not you, wrong. You said at the end our, of this episode. Yeah, this episode. But I'm also but not you're wrong. you're also not wrong. This episode, this episode is <laughs> season two, episode I knew 13. we were reading the... We're like, where's the stuff about that? We're, we're that just, would... Yeah, that we would... We have to end it like this. That would make sense why your trivia didn't match didn't what this. we were watching. Because we were watching. This is how you know we're not meant to do the Sopranos moving forward. But we're going to end this episode. We have jumped. For those listening who haven't heard the Sopranos, we just jumped twelve. You know how we always apologize at the end, (laughs) at at the beginning of every pod. Sincere Uh, apology tonight. Yeah, no. This is this is a a greater power in the universe uh, affirming our decision not to continue with With the Sopranos. Yeah, (laughs) and we love it, and we'll always talk about it, bring it back whenever we can. But what's happened here is that between. Jambalaya, vodka, and good beer. <laughs> we started episode 13 of season two. Yeah. And now, Macy, we're real, real sorry. <laughs> well, we said from the beginning that you should not, you should yeah, not watch this show. This is and a show ruiner. Yeah, no. Honestly, is... I saw you weeks ago. You should be well past this one. If you were really getting into the series, you should, you should be I in mean, episode. You, you should be in season three or four. You do an episode a day. You I mean you'll cruise? Not to it. mention a Sunday where you you pound four down. Oh yeah, you that's just like do four or five. Comedians in cars with coffee. I'll do I'll do like seven or eight of those. Yeah, on but a they're Saturday. fifteen minutes. I mean, it's I know, not, but when you got a four and a two year old screaming, no, I, I'm really starting to understand. In the past, I didn't have any frame of reference. Yeah, like Donnie walking into a movie theater. <laughs> but now I'm really starting to get a frame of reference for that whole like. Yeah, but when you have a yeah, it's only gonna get more intense, but very much so. I did have a fun thought today. By the time V is three, which is the ideal age for that water slide that I have now, yeah. she and Albury, who will be five... Wait, you own that? Yeah. Oh, shit, I thought you rented it. Continue. No, no, we bought that. Nice. Albury will be five, Adelaide will be seven. All three of them will be old enough to play together and enjoy that thing yeah. in the summertime, provided it lasts that Not long. Not to mention, let's talk about that. You, Adelaide needs to be working... Right now, as a hype lady at other kids' <laughs> parties, you want to hire 
yeah. your oldest daughter for for hire out. I mean, it sounds bad to say yeah. it that way, but she needs to be at other kids' birthday parties as the hype person. She was <clears throat> she was more enthusiastic about her sister's birthday than her sister was. was. <laughs> Every present. That's awesome. That's, That's amazing. amazing. <laughs> it's funny, Kristen. Kristen got her hair cut. Uh, uh, not yesterday, the day before. And when I met Kristen, she had she always wore her hair short with sort of swoopy bangs and just like a short, uh, I don't know I don't know how to describe it, but a short sort of uh, a Veda or fancy hair. You know, I don't know how to, I'm, I'm the words are escaping me. Yes, but she always had a short hairstyle, and for the last couple of years, she's had more of just a regular mom length, shoulder length bangs haircut, and she decided to go back to the old school haircut. And so when she gets home from the salon, the girls run up and greet her. Your kids are very much like, you know, it's, it sounds bad, but it's very much like having a dog. If you leave your house for five minutes to go to the mailbox, when you come back, it's like you've been gone for days. Yeah. Because they're just, Daddy's back! And right. it's like, I just got the mail. But they're just, they're super pumped to see you every time you walk in the door. And so she was gone for, I don't know, two hours. And when she gets back, they run to greet her. And Adelaide, <gasps> Mom, your hair looks amazing. <laughs> She's just like, I love it. She's just like super complimentary, loves that it's different. And Albury walks up to her and she's just looking at her like like the little black boy in Hook when he's studying Robin Williams' face. Just like, there you are, Peter. I don't know what's happened, but I don't know if I like it. Yeah. And like she's like moving around to the right side and looking, and then moving around to the left side, and looking, and she's just like, you did something, and I don't know what you did. Right. But I'm going to find out. Yeah. <laughs> and when I do, <laughs> she didn't know what to make of it. She was very, very perceptive in that way. That's why I've always worried. I, when, I'm, when Adelaide was a baby, I had committed to growing my beard out for at least a year, and I eventually hit 18 months. And when I had an 18-month beard, Adelaide was pushing two. And I remember thinking, oh, fuck, if I just razor this thing off. It's like those Facebook videos you yeah. see where a dad does it and their kid She's, starts crying instantly. She'll freak out. So I took it down gradually and she never noticed. But I have wondered, if I ever go in the bathroom and just say, fuck it, I'm going to be a baby face for the next two weeks and just shaved down to the skin, like, what would my kids do? Ooh, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> it got like really fizzy. That's what I was saying about opening them. Like they're super bubbly for some reason. Yeah, but I thought this would be the last sip. It was... Yeah, that's weird. They it's did. Good though. <laughs> they did. Some asshole on two eighty five stopped hard in front of me. They did get jostled a bit, but that was a couple hours ago. <sighs> I think these are just super bubbly in the can. Delicious. I'm sorry though. Continue. No, no. That's that's the end of that story. <laughs> this is the perfect tequila pairing beer. You do a shot of tequila and back it with this on a beach day. I will day. say, you, you, you prefaced that it was salty. I didn't totally wrap my mind around just how salty it is. I love it. Yeah. Because I love salty thing. Yeah. And it's still crisp and clean, but man, is it salty. Yeah. Well, it's if you have the Athena next, like if you were to start with the Creature Comforts Athena beer, you'd think like, this is a little tart and a little salty. But if you go from this to that, it's almost going to be like drinking a German beer or something. It's yeah. going to be and Athena's my all time. It's going to be noticeably sweeter and light and less harsh because this, this is this is a it's a harsh flavor. This is one when I get my family to try, they're like, oh, how can you drink that? <laughs> you know, you feel like a grandmother like giving someone Brussels sprouts. Yeah. It's like, no, this is good. <laughs> 
Like, you're no. just not trying it right. That's one of my favorite all-time uh, stories. All, hold on, just to stop you. Don't forget your all-time favorite. I think this is the only time, with the exception of the blowjob scene, where you see Tony and uh, Dr. Melfi get it on. Yeah. And it's not real. It's all in that dream sequence. But man, what a scene. Yeah. Is this... See, what season does she get assaulted? Uh, I don't like to talk about that episode. It's, it's season, rough. Season four, and the, the episode is called Employee of the Month. Wow. For someone who doesn't like to talk about it, you know it to the letter. <laughs> I, that's not even it. I could probably name you... If you gave me a situational part from any other show, yeah. I could probably tell you the episode it's when in. When that but... happens to her, I'm just like, tell him. Yeah. You have a mafia boss client. Well, what I like if most about it... anyone to tell to get revenge because him. the police let yeah. him go, just say it. Just say, I got Well, not only that, but she has, she, in that, in a nice tie-in, she has her own dream sequence in yeah. that episode where she's reaching into a dog. vending machine yeah. and her arm gets caught and her rapist starts walking towards her and he's unzipping his pants and then all of a sudden a Rottweiler yeah. starts barking and Who scares the guys off. And then he's, Tony, she's talking, well, yes, but she's talking to her, her psychiatrist and she's saying... Why was it a Rottweiler? Well, wait, of course, because Rottweilers and that kind of early breed were what the Roman army mm. used in camp. Like, the Rottweiler that we know today has changed quite a bit. Sure. But they had more of a Mastiff look that were... We get we get the Rottweiler, not to give you genealogy lessons in dogs, <laughs> but I, what I think I'm trying to say is that the Rottweiler is a derivative of what they would have had as a Mastiff in right. the Roman army. Very similar dogs. These would have been a little bit bigger during the Roman times. But she was like, of course it was, because they guarded the Roman army. And yeah. of course he's Roman. Yeah. And all these things. And I, I hate that of all the endings, and any, and I totally understand why they didn't take it there. Yeah. Because you would have broken. Once she does that, you're yeah. down a path that you can't come back from. Yeah, you just, you, you, as far as like doctor, patient. It's not that, but just in show-wise. Like, yeah. the minute she uses Tony to commit a murder for her, yeah. you lose the element of what is really magic about their interactions in the doctor's office. That's true, but I do tend to wonder if she could be like, this happened, this is the guy that did it, the police let him go, I cannot have somebody's, even him, I can't have his murder on my conscience. That being said, since nothing leaves in her room... I wouldn't mind it so much if you cut his dick and back. <laughs> I could live with that. But and then if we next, wrote, week, if we wrote next week, we show. go back to right. No, I I quietly judge you. If you could pickle it <laughs> and just bring it by, yeah. So I know that you did it. If then you could next take a week, picture of him crying. Yeah, that would be ideal for but me. But you know, Tony. Tony wouldn't just have his dick and balls cut off. No, he would clip his toes, his fingers, but yeah, his but dick and balls. He but just as a viewer, cut his like, tongue. Just, just tell no, him. No, no, but he'll no, fix it. Absolutely he, agree. He, he absolutely agree that that is one of the most frustrating yeah. endings. Of He's any not episode. in love with you anymore. He just likes and and loves you as a person, and you're right. his doctor, and he respects you. Oh, he's definitely and, still in love with her in a sense of like there's some. Yeah, he offers to walk her to her car because right. it's it's you know he's a he's genuinely good to her yeah. regardless of where that comes from. And just knowing that about him, it's just like, just tell him. Yeah. If Your stupid husband's not going to do anything about you, it. You've got John Gotti. Yeah. You know, you've got Salvatore Luciano. Yeah. And you say, this person depends on me. They come to me for help. All I have to do is say this guy's name. Yeah. Think that's 
why it was the best ending. Yeah. Because all she had to do was mm-hmm. say his name. Yeah. And that would have been it. Yeah. She, but that's why it was so good. And this yeah. is also the end of Big Pussy. I'm, I'm going to grab a beer if you want to wrap something up. Uh, well, let's hit pause real quick because I have... Tommy FCK taking a quick beer break. Well, I'm not quite sure what the last thing we, we said was, but... Uh, on you the, said we're going for a beer break. That's true. Uh, the thing I was getting to before, it's funny getting your parents to try things as a kid. Because when you're a kid, your parents try and make you try things and you're just not open to it. You know, like my whole intention tonight bringing the Goza and the Athena over was I wanted to go get the Fortaleza Reposado tequila. Because the Casamigos that I had at my house last weekend, that's the first time I've had that one. It's really good. It's good, but it doesn't, overpriced. It doesn't hold a candle to Fortaleza. Really? In, in my opinion. So I wanted to get Fortaleza, bring it here and have you try, drink some, just having recently had that Casamigos to taste the difference. Because you can really taste the difference. Um but I can remember when we bought our house, that's when I was weighing like 268. And I went on a, not a diet, but I started juicing this green vegetable juice every morning for breakfast. And, I, and that's all I would have for breakfast, that and black coffee. And believe me, if you juice cucumber, celery, kale, ginger, apple, and then chase it with black coffee, you get cleaned out. And, and I lost, I went from 268 to what I'm at now, which is about 225. And over the course of that weight loss, my old man at work was like, what are you doing? Like, I want to know what you're doing. So I I broke it down for him. And I said, if you don't want to go to the trouble of making this juice, there are a few companies that pre-make it and bottle it. And it's not the same, but it's similar. It's it's a way to sort of baby step into it. And uh, Arden's Garden does one. Suja does one. And it's all the same ingredients. It's greens, cucumber, celery, a little bit of apple, ginger, maybe lemon. Maybe distilled water. So he comes into the office one day and he's got the brand I told him about, but they're like orange and red. And he puts them all in the in the fridge. He's like, hey, I got that brand you told me about. And I grab one. I was like, this is like strawberry mango banana. He's like, yeah, I tried that green one you were telling me about. That shit's nasty. I can't drink that. And I was like. Okay, well, <laughs> this is not what I did to lose weight. Yeah. This is just a smoothie and a bottle. I was like, yeah, that shit's gross. I'm not going to drink not that. Doing that. Yeah. It's like, well, this isn't going to do anything for yeah. you. <laughs> not going to do that. Yeah. But it's like, I love Brussels sprouts. If somebody mm. makes them right, pan, you know, maybe pan sears them. What's the right? Oh, pan sear. Okay. You know, you know, pan sears them, puts a little char on them, makes them a little crispy on the outside, tosses them in a little bit of bacon fat maybe a little balsamic. If they cook them well with some added flavors, I can put some Brussels sprouts away. But my mom and dad won't touch them. Like, we got Brussels sprouts at some fancy steakhouse on Christmas Eve, and they were just <laughs> phenomenal. And I was like, Mom, Dad, you want to try them? I'm like, ugh, no. Brussels sprouts? No. I'm like, what are you, five? Just try one. <laughs> Newman, you wouldn't eat broccoli if it was deep fried in chocolate sauce. I remember some, I don't remember who it was, but there was some adult that I was talking to about the importance of drinking water. And they were like, they were like, eh, I can't do water unless I have one of those, those, uh, flavor Dasani things. Crystallite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what are you, are you seven? Like, yeah. just, just drink the water. It doesn't need to taste like fruit juice. Just drink water. That's not hard to do. Mm-hmm. My kids go to bed with a glass of water every night. They have these, 
these twisty uh, 360 degree sippy cups, which are fantastic. When she when V's ready to drink from a cup, definitely get a few. They're dentist approved for as far as how it impacts their teeth. And they're great. And they both literally will snuggle a glass of yeah, water I've, I've to bed. Them. I've seen them, yeah. They love them. And all they drink is water. They occasionally ask for juice. But it's like, if my small children can drink water, you, a 45-year-old man, you can also drink water, too. Double down on this. The, 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 <laughs> those that, I don't know water. I got to have something. They use the crystal lights. Yeah. Well, so, Dasani, your sunbrain has that liquid that you can squirt. It's the same thing. That's what we're talking about. Well, crystal Light does the, the... They also make the powder. I thought Crystal Light was a powder. Okay. It is, but they also make the, the, yeah. the squeezy They're little... They're called Mio or something yeah, like that. Yeah, there's Mio's. There's, look, once the thing takes off, the conglomerates get a hold of it. <laughs> I can only drink water if it has aspartame <laughs> and blueberry flavor in it. Without that... My water has to be tainted. And to be clear, I mean, I like LaCroix, but all LaCroix is is water that's carbonated. There's no sugar or anything added to it. They have natural flavors. Yeah. Which, they say. You know, it, who knows what that is. Yeah. But on the can, it's all zeros. I like that, but I also drink just big old mason jars of tap water, too. Not going to give up too much free press here before I get back to what I was about to say. There's a great local carb, uh, sparkling water you should try. I'll try to get you some. We, we distributed it for a while. It works. It's called Montaigne. Okay. Just mountain and French people trying to act more cool than they really are, but uh, oh, that's good. It is good, um, really good, and it's it's made right here in Georgia from a natural spring. It's owned by the Callaways, Callaway Garden Callaways. Do they flavor it? They do. The my favorite is cucumber lime, but they've recently come out with a uh, grapefruit peach, and it is. You put peach on anything? Anything. I saw peach Cheerios the other day, and I was like, "Gonna try them." Try it, yeah. Peach anything? I'm That's on actually board a, for. I, I'm not gonna say it's. A pro- I know I'm even getting further away from what I was about to say, but <laughs> it is a kind of a problem for me. This, the way branding, uh, the way these big companies are starting to provide more options. I went into Kroger the other day because Leah came home and said she had some really good peanut M and M's that were different, and I said that you don't improve on the peanut M and M. Yeah. That is the Everest. You don't you don't get higher than that. But she assured me yeah. that these, I think it was kind of an espresso, cho- like a, a, a chocolate coffee peanut nut yeah. M&M was just the this, tits. I was going to say, between peanut M&Ms and goobers, I go goobers. But the obvious difference is there's no candy shell on a goober. It's just I, I can't even begin to touch on how ridiculous that is to me that you go goobers over peanut M and M's, but that's a different. We I can, just I we like can chocolate. Save that. I like chocolate covered nuts, and it's usually the the chocolate layer is thinner than what you get with a peanut M and M. Again, whole different conversation. <laughs> whole different conversation. But as far as M&Ms because there's go, not anyone you know that loves the combination of peanut and and chocolate than than me. Like yeah. I. I mean, I'm, not, I'm going to say this. I'm an aficionado. And for someone who weighs butt stuff, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, I, I go to Kroger because I went to go get every, I'm something that you probably heard on the pod tonight. It's, we have a fucking live viewing audience, basically. I got my, my mom's here. My dad's here. My, he's on his way. He's on his way. He's I'm be, hoping he hoping walks, he walks in so we can my, corner My him. wife's niece is here. My brother's going to be here Saturday. We got quite a few people. But last night, this gaggle... All sharing the California king. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have the Alaskan. Uh, You could fit everybody in the Alaskan. Yeah, we probably could. 
But they all this gaggle of women all last night got their sugar rush on, and they mm. wanted to have cookies. And I said I would go to Kroger, I'll get the Nestle Toll House because honestly, I was like I don't want some of those too. <laughs> if I'm going on the run, I'm getting the kind <laughs> I like. Yeah, of course. So I I, I did, and, I, and then of course my mom's like, Hey, look for those M and M's, and I was like, Oh fucking all right, I'm not buying them, I'm not doing it, but I'll look for them. But in all in all honesty, they didn't have them. But what they did have, I had no idea. How many different M and M's there are now? Yeah, because that's, that's not lot. something. When I'm going down the grocery aisle, I don't really seek out M and M's. For me, that's more of like a at the counter purchase. You buy the little single bag. Yeah. for ninety nine cents. Yeah, no, you have a real problem when you go down the candy aisle and buy like the Halloween size mm-hmm. bag mm-hmm. for storage. And you wouldn't believe how big those bags can. Well, you've seen my Costco. That's different. Yeah. you go to Costco and they have everything's that, big. Yeah, everything's big, but they have a ten dollar like industrial. That's different because yeah. you're like. Bucks, hell yeah, because yeah. that's like a shit ton that's gonna last us a long time. But I'm looking at the, the, the to be clear, I have bought the big bag before. Yeah, I'm not like I'm not judging you for buying the big bag, like peanut butter MMs. You get the jumbo bag, you know, that's that's a that's at least one day's I'm, worth of I'm snacking just, for I'm me. I'm just kind of a purist. See, I don't like regular MMs, but peanut MMs, I'm all day. Anywho, they have pretzel M&M's. Yep. They've got dark chocolate M&M's. They have mint. They've got mint M&M's. Coffee. Coffee. Now, that's the ones I thought they wanted. Didn't have that. Mm. They had. I don't know if they still do. Uh, In another state, though, I once bought caramel. They had those. They had caramel M&M's. And they're not good. Wouldn't try it. They're not good. Don't try them. (laughs) The coffee ones are good. They're exactly what you think they're going to be. Me, if if I go down the candy aisle at the Kroger's. Yeah. Or anywhere, really. The only thing that ever really draws my attention and I am prone to buy is the oversized Mr. Good Bar. Not the, yeah, not the yeah. checkout line, Mr. Yeah, Good Bar. Yeah. The big boy. Yeah. It's always next to the Symphony Bar. I always wonder who the fuck is buying <laughs> the Symphony Bar, but that's yeah. a different conversation. I like a Mr. Good Bar. My, the thing that always that I cannot ignore the siren call of is the Reese stick. I love uh, the Reese stick. Well, that's their second week in a row. You've, you've, Done the Reese stick. They're good. Yeah, I get it. They're good. But to to circle back to what I was saying, the Crystal Light, the Mio. Yeah, go back to your original point. <laughs> Fifteen minutes later, <laughs> two, they two, they make two one, tangents ago. Yeah, they well, this is what this show is. <laughs> they they make one now that has caffeine in it. Mm. Okay, so it's a you squeeze the bottle into your water. It's got caffeine, so it's supposed to be a pick me up. Sure. I have this girl at work that I work with. She will squeeze a raspberry or straw, I don't know what berry it is, caffeinated crystal light into a Diet Coke. <laughs> and every time she does it, I'm like, Ugh. it's not that it's just even, it is gross. That sounds the worse. fact that she drinks so many Diet Cokes is gross. It sounds worse than my... By the way, you owe me a Coke. I, well, I know. I, no, you don't. I gave you, you a Saison Dupont. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave you like 20 Cokes. No, it was good. Well, I was a little concerned because I went back and and they didn't have any. And I was like, fuck, I don't know how long it's going to take for them to get these Cokes up from Mexico. Yeah. But they did. They they stocked up. Well, you got to get them over the wall. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. They lug them up. (laughs) They just throw them over the wall now. But yeah, uh, the Raspberry Mio Diet Coke sounds worse than my first drinking experience, which I told you about last time, which was uh, Diet Pepsi and gin. God. We eventually found some lemonade and came to find that gin and lemonade oh. is much better than gin and Diet Pepsi. There, there, I, and, and all, and you know, I'm a seasoned drinker. <laughs> there is not one gin. I, there's only been one time 
that I have found gin that I find to be palpable. Was it Hendrix? No, Hendrix is okay, but it's not. It's not something I would buy. It's, yeah. it's, it's still gin. It was a. It was a. It was a, a kind of a micro gin made in San Francisco. Couldn't tell you. I can't remember the name. I can actually. It was something we sold at our store when I was working there. And it had a great story. The the gin was made or named after two dogs that lived in San Francisco in the 1890s that became famous in the city because they were seen everywhere together. Mm. They're two stray dogs that people saw always together, gave them names. So this San Francisco brewery that knew the story named their gin after it, and it was excellent. Okay. It was effervescent. It didn't have that pine cone. It had hints. You could actually, it was a gin you could actually taste other things in. Yeah. You know, like people drink wine, like, ooh, I'm getting leather and yeah. cherries, <laughs> hint of cola. Yeah. And dirt. And dirt. <laughs> Let me fart into my glass and smell it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But this was different. This had real flavor complex complexities. I once uh, went to the Little Five Points Halloween Parade at 21. As you do. With some friends. And I, they were not getting dressed up. I was like, fuck this, it's the Halloween Parade. I'm getting dressed up. I painted my face to look like Frankenstein's monster. Gave myself neck bolts, a little scar down the forehead, green, greased my hair up, wore a dirty sport coat, and I had a flask of Amsterdam gin in my pocket, which I polished off early in the day. And my only memory of that parade is is, uh, eventually stumbling back and walking very much like Frankenstein's monster with a girl riding piggyback on my shoulders. And then the next thing I remember is waking up on my friend's couch to one of her friends making me a quesadilla to help me sober up a bit. Okay. And somewhere in between all that, I drunkenly talked to Bill from Mastodon for 10 or 15 minutes, and I made him uncomfortable because he was with his kids. So you've bumped in, <laughs> to, in your, you had Rob Zombie. Yep. We discussed that. Yeah. You bumped into him doing a kind of a weird stage play thing. Yeah. And then now you're just bumping into Bill from Mastodon with his kids. I was hammered. Super hammered, saw him, wanted to go say hello, and it was fresh on my mind because about a month before that, I was at Lakewood Amphitheater and Slayer was playing, and I was wearing my Mastodon t-shirt, and Slayer plays loud. You can't have a conversation if Slayer's playing, and I'm on that that path, that concrete path that outlines the Mm -hmm. seats and separates the lawn at Lakewood, and I'm walking with... uh, Somebody, I don't remember who, <laughs> probably a girlfriend. I don't think I was with Kristen at this time. And I'm walking on that path, and Bill from Mastodon is walking towards me with his wife, and I'm wearing my Mastodon shirt. But it is way too loud to do a quick hello. So he just goes, hey, and he points at my shirt, gives me a big thumbs up, points to the ear like, can't hear you, sticks his hand out to shake hands, and we move on. And I'm like, holy fuck, that was Bill from Mastodon. <laughs> and then like a month later... Uh, I see him in Little Five, and in my, you know, pint of gin uh, brain, I'm thinking, oh, he'll remember that. I should go talk to him about <laughs> it. And he had his kids with him, and you could tell he was just kind of like, uh, this drunk Frankenstein uh, is pestering me. And even though I was drunk, I, I picked up the signals. I, I, I went away. Yeah. But uh, I've yeah, met... Yeah, Mastodon played a show last night. I have met all the Mastodons. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I met... Uh, I met... One time, Kristen and I were at the local on Ponce, mm-hmm. drink, just doing some drinks on a Thursday night. Great wings there. 
good good everything there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, we're sitting in a booth, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that dude sitting at the bar is Troy from Mastodon, the bass player, and, and at the time, the main vocalist. As time has gone on, they've all started to do more vocals. And I was like, I'd love to meet that guy, but I didn't want to walk up, walk up and bother him. So Kristen goes up, and she, you know, she's a girl, and girls, girls get away with more shit than drunk, fat, bearded male fans do. And she's like, are you Troy from Mastodon? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, oh, my boyfriend, I think at the time, I don't think we were married, He's right over there. He loves you. Would you come talk to him? Dude comes over and not doesn't just say hello, asks if he can sit down. And he hung out with us in our booth for like two hours. Jesus. Just shot the shit. I was uh, I had cigarettes at the time. He's bumming all my parliament lights, which I was like, please, please take them all. They all have cocaine. Yes, please. (laughs) Please take all of my cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicest dude in the world. Gave us tickets to their next show that he just had. He gave me tickets to their next Atlanta show. And at some point he was, you know, I told him, I was like, I'm sorry if I'm nerding out. I'm just a huge fan. He's like, dude, I totally get it. I met Tom Petty like a month ago and I couldn't get two words out in front of the guy because I was nerding out. So, <laughs> so hardcore. And then not long after that, I met Brent, the guitar player. And that was an easy conversation. It's like, no. Hey, we have the same name. High five. All right, cool. Good to meet you. <laughs> and that was the end of that. I don't, I don't have any celebrities. I, I don't think I do. Those are the four local celebrities I've met. I'm pretty sure I've met other... Well, I met T-Pain. You know about that story. Yeah, that's a classic. <laughs> Signed your hat. <laughs> Signed my Brooklyn Dodgers hat. Ugh. Yeah, I... I met Clifton Collins Jr. on that trip, too. The actor. Don't know that one. He's in uh, Capote and other movies. Is he in Pass, Pay It Forward, or...? <laughs> no, you would know. Look him up; you'll know him. He's not. A, he's not a male porn star. The, <laughs> the odds are low. <laughs> Does he do porn? I won't know. <laughs> yeah, if he hasn't done any porn, I, I don't that, know him. That L.A. trip is where I met him, and that's the first time I tried dip. I was bumming it for my dad's friend at uh, some car show we were at, and I missed out on meeting and taking a picture with Hulk Hogan. Because I was getting the spins on Grizzly Long Cut in the uh, 110 degree California mm. sun. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> I was like, I've never tried this. Let's give it a whirl. Well, why not? Did not go well. It, it never, it never does. <laughs> it never, never does. And then when my brothers and my dad eventually reappear, like, we just met Hulk Hogan. We took a picture with him. I'm like, eh, yeah. I tried Grizzly for the first time. <laughs> I have a better story. <laughs> No, I, I uh, one of my. It's not a big celebrity, you know. I'm a big George Bulldog fan. Mm-hmm. But we went to the opening game uh, five, six years ago now, at the Georgia Dome. Not, not. This was back in when the dome was still a thing, against Boise State, and I drank quite a bit before the game started. We, we I went up to get a hot dog and to use the restroom, and I came out of the restroom, and. Walking towards me was Fred Gibson. Fred Gibson was a pretty great wide receiver for us from like 03 to 06. Played played for a few years in the league. Never really had that kind of success. But he was a Georgia legend in his his time. Great player. And he's walking. For me, it was like I was surprised no one else was noticing. It was one of those things where it's like you're in a building full, 75,000 people, mostly dog fans. And you got Fred, who's 6'6". It's yeah. not like he's, you know, hiding in the crowd. 
Even if it's a normal guy, you would notice a six foot six guy. Yeah. And he's walking towards me, and I just go like, Fred. And he's like, what's up, man? And he come, he walks over to me now, mm. sticks out his hand, daps me up, gives the old dap, and pulls me in for a hug. <laughs> and he goes like, hey, this, is, this is a quote. He goes like, hey, I ain't seen you in a long time, man. Like, we were friends. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. And he, like, pulled me in for the hugs. I ain't seen you in a long time. I was like, yeah, man, uh, we ain't friends. Uh, I gave him that full, like, <laughs> drunken honesty. I was like, yeah. I don't know you. You don't know me, man. I just yeah. recognized Fred. Just give yeah. He was like, ah, oh, cool, and just kept it moving. But it was just so funny yeah. that his reaction to somebody saying, not like Fred, if I had said Fred Gibson, that story might have been different. He'd be like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Yeah. But the fact that I said, what's up, Fred? He's hey man, boom, boom, pulled me in, hugged it up. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, I'm hugging Fred Gibson. <laughs> like all, but that's yeah. not the same. But it kind of is. I was like, holy shit, this guy thinks he knows me. You met the, uh, you told it, you shared it on the pod. You met the the Braves guy. His name's escaping me right now. The guy that that saw you in the players' lot when you were shit. John Sherholtz. John Sherholtz. Yeah. He he was the Braves GM during that magical run when we got really good. And hey, that was an interesting exchange because, like I said, he genuinely wanted to know yeah. if I had a good time at the game. <laughs> Why'd you guys leave Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of what I wanted to say, but I gotta say, this stadium is okay, yeah. but there's just no black people, and I feel like it's too white. No one's watching my parked car right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, but for me, I, I, here's the thing. As it, as it pertains to the Braves, I had so many memories of those parking lots that surrounded yeah. Turner Field. I, me and Leah had our, one of our very first dates there. We made out in the car. What was, what was the field before called? The one that you now could park into when you walked to Turner Field? Atlanta Fulton County Stadium. Okay, that's right. That was the blue lot at old Turner Stadium. Right. Turner Field was, was once... And, and even it's then, still shaped like it because of the retaining wall. Yes, the retaining wall was basically aligned with the center field fence. And even when you went to tailgate, there was a section in the parking lot that they had like not cordoned off, but you couldn't park there. It was the old home plate. <laughs> what is she doing? She is perturbed at how long this podcast is <laughs> taking. <laughs> It's, all, <laughs> it's only been an hour and 28 minutes. We got another oh, hour to go. 28, 28. <laughs> we got a solid, we got a solid hour left. <laughs> <laughs> no, we said no. we're going to keep this one shorter. It's yeah. clear that we're, we're getting close. <laughs> you know, there's a baby up there. Enter- entertain yourself. <laughs> you live in California. All you do is sigh. Play with the baby. She's here in person. Yeah, she's here now. <laughs> but no, it was it was like one of those things where that there was something like now when you go to the new Brave Stadium, yeah, there's no parking. You can only tailgate in one lot. It's or just at Holman and Finch. It's yeah. yeah, standing in line. Nine dollars a beer. Uh, it's just there's something so unpersonal about the experience. There's well, it's a baseball field surrounded by nightlife. It's the the, the, the baseball field was an afterthought. It was I'll, like I'll tell you this. Let's the, build the, a stretch of bars and shops for people to hang out at in Cobb County next to the highway the, the be- and we'll just let people play baseball over here to the side. Here's the the best description 
and I've heard people say this is the best description that I've given. When you go to SunTrust Park, which is where they play now, mm-hmm. it's like you're going, like you said, it's like a bar's nightlife, all that, you know, food. But it's like going to a baseball game at an amusement park where they just happen to play baseball. Yeah. It's like going to Disney World and, oh, the, look, there's a baseball game being played. Yeah. It's just totally impersonal. Yeah, no, it's like being on Captain Hook's ship in the movie Hook. And it's like, hey, we have all this other shit going on. We're going to stop and play baseball yeah. for a second. That's basically it. Run now, home, I'm Jack. not saying there's nothing. I get it. On the one hand, I get it. But taking the, the team out of Atlanta and away from that kind of open air, four or five gigantic open parking lots where you could just pull in yeah. and drink. <laughs> and, I mean, we used to smoke out there. I mean, we, it was just... The yeah, Wild man. West in those parking lots. The next thing you know, the Atlanta Falcons will be playing in Gwinnett County. <laughs> That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. And the Hawks will be playing in Roswell. And the Thrashers will be playing in Winnipeg. <laughs> like they currently are. It's just like, get, ooh, get Atlanta, gross. Let's go out to the suburbs where all the fans are. Well, I know we've talked about it, but I, I will never forget until Alzheimer's that lady saying, well, I went to the new stadium, and I got to say, I just felt <laughs> and what again yeah. all she's saying there is yeah. there were just far less black people around in, in terms of putting things to do apart from baseball around baseball there's plenty of space where Turner Field is located to cutesy it up like uh, a work a work residential area and put nightlife all around Turner Field it's not. It was not surrounded by buildings and businesses. It's pretty isolated where it sits. Mm-hmm. You could have very easily put an Antico and a Holman and Finch and all these cutesy little places to go eat and drink when the game's over right there around it and built that area up, introduced some money into that area versus just saying, yeah, we're just going to fucking abandon this and all the people that are used to coming down here and go to, you know, the... Inmate, first night inmates puckered asshole of Atlanta <laughs> where 75 and 285 meet. We'll go there instead. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. We've gotten off of something that I wanted to ask you about, so I'm going to pivot back. Let's pivot. As far as meeting celebrities go, who is your holy grail? Ric Flair. I was going to say it's got to be Ric Flair. It's Ric Flair. All right. I knew Ric Flair was going to come out of your mouth. So pretend Ric Flair has left us. Okay. Who, who is who is your, you know, is holy it, grail? Is it Elizabeth Shue? Shubies boobies. Um, <laughs> no, no. Man, take, I'm, and I'm only casting aside Ric Flair because I knew it was gonna be Ric Flair. Take Ric Flair out of the equation. Damn. <laughs> this is hard. It's mm-hmm. hard for me. I don't really have an affinity for meeting celebrities, but I will say, I'll be honest, I, I think that if I, if I got on, I'll, I'll put it in this context, if I got on a flight mm-hmm. and somehow got upgraded to first class, because I imagine this person only flies first class. Yeah. We've already talked about it tonight. I, I love Kevin Costner. I think sitting next to Kevin Costner oh, yeah, on a yeah. first class flight would be entirely entertaining. And he seems like a genuine fellow. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I, as I ask you that question, I realize that I don't even have an answer for myself. There's plenty of there's plenty of like classics you could throw out. Like you know, it'd be it could potentially be awesome to beat uh, Bill Murray. Yeah. 
you know, uh, it could be awesome to. I was just when you were saying flight is like how cool would it be to like get bumped up to first class and you sit down next to Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, that would be a good one. Or if John Candy was still alive. Oh, see, if we're going dead people, that's a different thing. Well, yeah, dead or alive. Yeah, if it was dead or alive, that's even. T- I I would, you know, my affinity for Richard Pryor. Yeah, I, I can't Pryor. imagine a better situation. There's, there's there's plenty of people who you see interviewed enough or hear interviewed enough where you go like, they seem like a genuinely cool person. I'd love to, if 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 it worked out through happenstance. You know, just bump into them, share a plane ride with them, whatever. They might be cool as hell to, to sit down next to and talk to. Not unlike... Mo- most of mine would be comedians. Yeah, for sure. But then they have this feeling that... They might be kind of downtrodden. Might be kind of like, well, not down... Yeah, or just, I would like ha- if, you, if you sat next to Richard Lewis on an airplane? See, <laughs> I would love that. It'd be awesome, but, I also, but he's not going to be peppy. Like, I feel like one of the definite... Well, now that we're on... Now I'm seeing it more clearly... Like, if I sat next to Larry David mm-hmm. on a six-hour flight, yeah, or whatever, I feel as if it would be disappointing. Yeah. Well, because they say he doesn't... It would be... It, it, it's like when you watch Curb, that's him. Yeah. If if you were... Like, that... He would take that and make an episode of Curb out of it, where he yeah. got stuck on a plane... Next to with, you. Next to me. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, yeah. tell me your favorite story of the... Yeah. Like, all the bullshit. And he'd be like, fuck! Like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. And I, I hate that feeling of, like... Because that's, like, people... I see... So, I'm very much like my, my old man in this. Um, we we see celebrities, but we're not the type of person that's going to approach them. Well, he we're, did he did lose his shit over being close to Kirby. Isn't that true when you... Uh, that was your dad. Well, my dad met Kirby, but who who did your dad see... Uh, at the stadium where your sister works, and he just kind of like got taken oh, aback for he, a second. Yeah, he had had a few beers. It was Kirby, but that was oh, at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he's like, this Kirby's hurt. And they were they had field passes, so they were yeah. walking down to the field. Kirby was walking up the yeah. the the ramp, and he's like, that Kirby's mom. That that's him. Like pointing, like, the, yeah. like complete with it. Like that's Kirby's mom. That's different. Yeah, yeah, if you drinks, things can change. But yeah. in a sober environment, I've seen him see. Uh, we were at an airport one time, and um, it's a famous hot ass. You should the tattoo artist. She's black hair. Kat Von D. Kat Von D. We saw Kat Von. That was a uh, in one day. One day at the airport, we we were behind none other than Ron Jeremy. Hmm. And I was like, that's Ron Jeremy. And we we were behind him, so we had the pleasure of seeing all the people walking past us. And when they we saw their moment of recognition like oh my god that's Ron Jeremy and that kind of face they made like <laughs> yeah I've seen his dick all that and right after we got separated and he went his own smelly musky way yeah we then saw we were we were sitting at our terminal and I look over we were headed to Vegas that was the Vegas trip I've told you about and there's Kat Von D and I was like damn she's prettier in real life than sure. I even yeah. suspected yeah everyone looks different in real life and he was like you want to go up and say hey and I was like no no, I don't. Because it's like, <laughs> what am I gonna say? Yeah, you, hi, cat. It would be a Kirby Smart. Hi, cat, Bondy. <laughs> You're so pretty. <laughs> I like your tattoos. Your tattoos are so pretty. I don't have tattoos, <laughs> but if I did, I get a cat, Bondy tattoo. Yeah, yeah. That was what was that was what was nice about meeting T Pain. I didn't know who the fuck he was. <laughs> 
So he did not have that defensive shield of celebrity up. Right. Because... He's clearly know that you were, like, not his core audience. He knocked my drink over, apologized, introduced himself, and within five minutes he could tell, this motherfucker don't know who I am. Yeah, okay. So now I'm comfortable talking to him. Similar situation. My dad was at a, a shoe show. A long time ago, it was for business, I think. But <laughs> he's uh, not listening. Some, no, he's not. Someone bumped into his chair, knocked over his beer, like hit him, and he turns around. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, so sorry." It was Dennis Rodman, the oh, basketball wow. player that's also a North Korean uh, diplomat. Diplomat. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, "No, no worries," and like, like bought a round of drinks for everybody. Like, because he bunch of clean cut, well dressed white dudes probably don't. It's not like Dennis Rodman with the hair back in his playing days. Yeah, no. It's but he is not highly recognizable. Yeah, but it's not while he's playing with the Bulls with right. MJ. This is a shoe show in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rules. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's I, I just don't, I don't, I don't see the celebrity. It's like the one time when I was at the, we have a window at work where people come and buy pops off the beltway. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Lincoln walks over. He's a, nice. Uh, got his Braves hat way down, big beard. Yeah. And I... I wanted to say, like, hey, man, love the show. Rick Grimes, sure. great. Walking Dead. I still, I, at that point, because it was only like a year and a half, I mean, I'm still watching. I don't know. If, <laughs> uh, yeah. Some people don't. Yeah. It's getting a little bit, it's yeah. getting a little bit, you know, iffy. But, uh. It'd be cool to meet Negan. Oh. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. That would be neat. Yeah. But, yeah, for me, it would mostly be, it would mostly be, uh. Like, I, I think, now that we're in the conversation, I think it would be f- just a shitting good time to sit next to Brian Regan on a plane. Oh, without a doubt. Like, that guy seems like he yeah. is just down to earth. And if I was like, dude, I'm a big fan. I've been listening for years. I'm not trying to get yeah. into shit, but just wanted to tell you that. I'm kind of happy to be sitting next to him on a plane. I feel like that, was he would be the one guy who'd be like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Like, let's have some fun. Yeah. I'll tell you some funny stories. We'll talk about a lot of things. Well, yeah, they, they, they say don't meet your heroes because you're going to be let down. You know, meeting uh, meeting the, the, the guys I've met have been cool. And, you know, Troy from Mastodon was that rare occasion where it's like, this guy's a fan. And I remember him telling me he, his wife at the time worked at, uh, what's that bar next to Urban Outfitters? There's two of them. There's also one in Brookhaven right next to the Wing Ranch. Oh, the billiard... No, the... Uh, Righteous Room. Righteous Room. He's like, my wife, is, uh, she she tends bar at Righteous Room. I'm, I'm really just killing time till she gets off yeah. in two hours. And so that was... I was like, all right, cool. He's like, so can I sit with you? Because at the time, he's just sitting alone at the bar. And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, can I buy one of those cigarettes? I was like, uh, yeah. And he just sat down... Six packs later? And just talked to, to me and Kristen for two hours. Just hung out. It's like... That's your ideal scenario, whether that's Troy from Mastodon or Brian Regan or Steve Martin or John Candy or Kevin Costner, whoever. Like, that's your ideal where they're sort of horning in on you. Yeah. Like, you wanted to say a quick hello. And I then, feel like Pete Holmes would be the same way, too. Oh, he's awesome. I have met him. I met him at a comedy show once. He's he's just as nice in person Dave as Dave Stone. He is. Not even a big superstar, really, yeah. but I think that would be a... Yeah, fucking smashing Well, that good same time. theater is where I met Pete Holmes. Nice. Uh, I back in the day when I used to go to comedy shows, I would always hang out afterwards to shake hands, take a picture, and every comic I've ever met's always been really cool. They just because they get it. Yeah, like and, what? Or, I think they just have a general understanding. Like they're just funny people. Yeah. Like nothing about them is extra spectacular, except that they just kind of can 
tie into what makes people laugh. So yeah, there's something more down to earth about that. It's part of the hustle, too. They're there to do a show, and then when the show's over, they inevitably have something to sell. They need gas money, etc. Yeah. So it, part of it is hanging back, taking pictures, talking to the fans, selling a T-shirt, etc. I'm actually going to meet a writer that I really like on Tuesday that's doing a book signing in downtown Atlanta, and I'm stoked for that. I hope he's a nice person. I He actually emailed me once when I sent him a just a fan letter, and he wrote back within an hour. Yeah. And I've been told that he's like that. He's really good about, you know. That's funny. I had a story. Uh, there's a, a band that I love. Um, I, I One kind of inebriated night, I wrote an email to this. It was like something at info. You don't ever expect to get. Yeah. And I wrote this big, long email. I was like, hey, I just want to tell you that for a long part of my life, in dark times, it was your music that kind of pushed me through, and I just kind of told him. You know, I really appreciate it. I know you probably get a bunch of these all the time. I, exactly a year later, a year later, the the, <laughs> the 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 main guy sends me back this very long email. Like, I can't believe it. it took me a year to respond to this, <laughs> but here's you know I. Am love, I trying to find the right words? Yeah, I <laughs> I love that you reached out. It's, yeah. it was it's just like one of those you read it and the whole time you. <gasps> yeah. You're like having palpitations. It was just, it was really fun. Yeah. But I do want to kind of go off. Let's talk about a plan that you had. We're going to wrap this up because we yeah. got the whole family upstairs getting bored. Yeah. Uh, you Football had an idea for um, our listeners. Yeah, this is just spitballing now. We'll make it official at some point when we work out the details. But I had an idea to do a listener contest. I'm calling it, and right now the, the working title is is verifiable shares. If we can figure out a way for a fan listener to send us documented proof to an email. What we're basically saying is we're tired of imploring you to share. Yeah. Now we're saying we'll incentivize your we're share. We're going to incentivize the share. We're going to come up with some sort of contest prize. I think they get the first T-shirt. They the get first a, Andy Andy Griffalo. You get a free T-shirt if you're local. Taco chore. Yeah, if you're yeah. not like get a taco chore, but <laughs> a taco chore T-shirt. Sure. Uh, if you're local, maybe we take you out for drinks. You get to go to drinks with this pop thing of ours <laughs> and cold cuts. We'll bring cold cuts. <laughs> Do you remember how I just said, "Don't meet your heroes"? Yeah, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> but I promise you, we're still way down to earth. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll take you out for drinks. We'll Once go. we get a hundred listeners, fuck you. <laughs> but for now, at 61, we're pretty okay. But we had the idea in, to incentivize the sharing. So we're going to figure out some sort of contest where you can send us screen grabs documenting how many people you have shared the podcast with via email, something along those lines. And we will let it run for maybe a period of two or three weeks, and then we will see who shared it the most you know, to individual people through email or Facebook or whatever. And that winner will get the first hot T-shirt off the presses. If you're local, we'll maybe take you out for drinks, buy you dinner. Taco Bell. We'll, we'll, and then maybe to, you know, the cherry on top, we'll let you be a call-in guest. I, I, yeah, definitely call-in guest. That's a given. But I do think, not because we're cheap, and we are, but not because of that. I think it's got to be fast food. It, Holy Lord, that lightning just struck your back porch. I think that was it. Was God telling us not to do this? <laughs> no more listener competitions. <laughs> uh, it's that was out. big time. That had to have been 
That was right there. That was right there. That was intense. I'm surprised the house isn't on fire. Do you have, like, a piece of metal out there that's attracting lightning? I don't know, but I'm a little <laughs> bit concerned that God's telling us to not do any more of this podcast. <laughs> he's, he's tired of the chocolate task. Yeah, the no more don't chocolate task. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where he stands on taco chore, yeah. but chocolate tasking's out. Well, they say lightning doesn't strike the same place twice. I think we're safe for the next one. One hopes, because that's... Last year, a lightning strike was very similar, but not that loud, and took a tree down about 20 yards outside the back porch there. So. Wow. Anywho, well, I think on that we'll wrap it up. <laughs> so Brent can get home safely. You want to do the W? W F U C K. The bam with the golden voice and the laugh man. <laughs> Don't forget about Pablo's party bus this weekend. Come find the laugh man. Give him the phrase that pays and win cash. <laughs> Coming up next, we've got weather and traffic. Here's a red alert. It's raining outside. <laughs> Until then, folks, here's Collective Soul. Oh, God. I I feel like we're throwing shade at Collective Soul. I don't think they deserve it. (laughs) Of all the bands we've said. All right, folks, forget about Collective Soul. Drive by, trucker. Until then, here's Mudvayne. Holla. Holla.